Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. Father, we ask today, God, that the seedbed of our heart, Lord, would be ripe, ready for planting of your seed in our heart. And I'm asking, Lord, that the seed would be planted and that it would have accelerated growth. I thank you for where we are as a church. I thank you for everything you're doing in our house and in our lives. God, we're asking, Lord, that we would have the courage to go with you in this season, Lord. I thank you for what you're speaking. And I'm asking, God, that you, um, Lord, would just uh, give me um, the grace today to communicate what is on your heart, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you um, haven't been here the last few weeks, um, Pastor Dave, in my opinion, I've been here since uh, July of 2010. Um, my opinion, these last number of weeks, specifically, if you haven't been here for one of these or some of these, June 23rd, he preached the promised land thinking, July 7th, a little oil part one, and last week, July 14th, a little oil part two, but in my opinion, what God has been putting on pastor's heart, which by the way, he's not here today because as I mentioned, they are with a team in Columbia and I've heard some great reports of all that God's doing, some very uh, profound and miraculous healings and people getting touched deeply by God's spirit. So continue to just lift their team up in prayer. Um, we just, just so uh, are honored as a house to be able to go to the nations. And when they go, we go, um, just so you know. And uh, that's important because uh, we, what God is doing in the earth through Heartland, we have an inheritance in, each one of us. So continue to pray for that. Um, but Pastor, um, for the last number of weeks, has been sharing what I believe to be um, one of the most critical sermon quote series that I have heard him share on personally since I've been here. And that's, you know, partly my personal opinion, but I have been pretty involved for the last number of years. And so I am aware of, of some of the seasons that we've walked through at a church. And the only reason why I'm telling you that on the front end is because I believe that God, uh, when he puts a leader in a spot, specifically in a church, that he wants to give that leader clear direction for those that God has called to follow in that house. And so I take note, and I would encourage you, I, I, I've mentioned this when I've shared before, um, we truly are so blessed to hear just wonderful uh, teaching from the Word of God on a regular basis, not just from Pastor Dave, but there's many others that share, and it really is um, a, a blessing. What can happen is, though, um, at times I've found myself not realizing the scope of what is being said sometimes because there's so much meat to chew on, if that makes sense. I don't know if you've ever been there before. But I really want to just say, if you have not listened to those sermons, I want to encourage you to go back on our podcast and do that. Um, I have listened to the, each of them several times. One, because I felt like uh, God was asking me to do that in preparation for today. But two, personally, um, I was just really encouraged for my responsibility um, before the Lord to lead my own family. 
not as a pastor on staff. So the reason why I'm sharing that is because um, I believe that there's so much in there to grasp onto that God wants to then take and speak to you personally within the uniqueness of your position in life and who God has called you to be where he sets you in influence. I just want to encourage you to go back and do that if you haven't done that. So primarily, he's been um, sharing out of the passage of 2 Kings 4, the widow with a little oil. And um, I had a couple just observations that I wanted to bring back that he shared. I mean, obviously, this isn't just a fraction of all that he shared. It's, it really has been um, amazing uh, what God uh, gave Pastor to, to bring to us. And you're like, wow, John, you're really floating his boat. I'm really serious. It's, it really is I really believe it can change, absolutely change lives. And so um, I'm not trying to um, get up here and uh, uh, get a raise from my boss, so to speak. I, I genuinely mean I, I, it's critical for the season we're in. So a couple observations I want to share with you from those. Um, and, and some of this is basically his, Pastor Dave's verbiage um, out, out of the, a couple of those sermons. But a couple of observations from those teachings that it's very clear that God is speaking to us as a family, that it's time to move forward, that it's a season of progress, and that we are supposed to be intentional. Um, If you don't know what the word progress means, it means onward movement toward a destination, and I just believe that uh, some of what Pastor shared is, is uh, several weeks ago, he was talking about how you have to understand the season you're in because what can happen essentially, he said it a lot more eloquently, is we can spend time focusing on having our, our, our eyes set on um, a certain focus and God has brought along a new strategy. Now, this applies to us as a church, but it also applies to us individually. I'd love to tell you as a guy that's standing up here today that I've, I've never been late to the party when, when I'm like, God, what's going on? He's like, yeah, you're, you're over here doing this, and John, I, I'm over here. I'd like to tell you that that's never happened. Problem is, is it has. So I've been, I'm with you in that if you've ever been in that spot. But what we need to do is understand that when God has said to us, it's a new season, man, we, we have so many things. If you grew up in church like me, some phrases can become rather cliche, if we're being honest. And so new season or transition, I mean, these are like Christian cuss words sometimes, right? If I say I'm in a season transition, it's almost like you need something to bleep that, right? You're like, really? What just happened? I mean, I don't know if it's me. Maybe I've been around a long time. I am young, though. I'm only going to be 37 here in the fall, so um, I'm still young. But I've been in church all my life, and we have a lot of terminology that we can come, become very familiar to. And so when we talk about a new season, that can tend to not have the impact that it needs to when the Lord says it's a new season. It indicates that there is an opportunity for a new level of partnership, trust, wisdom, all those things that come with it. Now, it's important to note, okay, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. I want to share a phrase with you because I can feel um, in my own heart there's there's a tension. Hey, so when we hear the thing new season... 
or a new thing, God's doing a new thing. Can I propose to you that the enemy uh, likes to create false narratives to go along with that? To try to kill the momentum of what God is saying and confusion that makes you go, you know, I think I'm just going to stay right where I am because I don't know what to do. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Have you ever felt that way? Raise your hand. I see some nods. Somebody just fell out in the back. That's a good sign. That's not true. That didn't happen. Okay. So the enemy, he can create false narratives that can cause reluctance for us to move into the new things that God has for us. And I would like to propose that when God makes clear that there's new things that are happening, that does, it's not code for what you're doing before was wrong. And I think the enemy likes to come and say, hey, you just spent the last five years in your prayer closet praying for the wrong thing. What a waste. I know that's a little bit dramatic, but I'm serious. The enemy likes to try to distort things. And when God says there's a new season, could it be that he's saying, congratulations, You've been faithful. You've graduated. Here is a new thing, new influence, new authority, new clarity, a different level of purity in your life. You have passed the test. Well done. Could it be that when God says there's a new season, that's what he's saying. There's a completion. You have passed the test. Build off the old. Use it as a foundation. Go forward in me. I think that that is God's heart. Now I'm going to ask you a question. What do you hear in your ears between your head, you know, the two ears between your head there? Or your head in between your two ears? Maybe I should try to. What do you hear? What do we hear? I'm going to propose that a lot of times we hear a negative, a negative pops up. And we need to be very careful because when God says a new season, he doesn't mean, hey, that was really good and this next season is going to be really bad. Now I'm pushing on some theology here. Okay. Wrestle through that today if you have to, because then we have to ask a question, what is God's heart? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that there won't be challenge to the next season. How many of you know, we hear the, the, where God freely gives. How many of you believe that? Raise your hand. If you, if you don't believe it, it's okay. You don't have to raise your hand. But I believe that God gives freely. I think scripture indicates very clearly in multiple different ways that God is is very generous. He's a benevolent God. He is in a very, very good mood primarily. He, He prefers to stay that way, especially with his kids. But there is this thing where we have to answer the question of when we are getting ready to move into something that is now unfamiliar... Do we believe that God is going to lead us well in that next season? Do we believe that as we step out of a place of comfort, that God will be good to us? He'll be faithful to us. And so, um, yes, God freely gives. And when he activates something in your life, no, you can't take credit for that, right? None of us in here can say, 
you know what? I, I did steps one, two, and three, and therefore I have salvation. Jesus, um, you know, for the masses, yeah, he had to initiate. But for me, there was actually an equation here, and I went through steps one, two, and three. and I ended, there, we, Yes, we cannot take credit for um, things that only God can do and give us. I absolutely understand that. However, there doesn't mean, that does not mean that there isn't potentially a battle or a process to, to keep what God has given us. And therein to me lies our focus as we have been hearing what God has been saying. And this is what he's been saying. There's some things that I've done in this house. There's some things that you've contended for and you have received them. There's some things that I've established. And now that you have them, I have something new for you. And I want you to begin to trust me in a new way. I want you to begin to see things in a new way. And I believe that that matters corporately. But I also believe that is going to be very specific to individuals and families in this room. So I'm asking you to just position your heart because God is making clear that it's a time for action. It's a time for progress. It's a time for uh, forward movement. Uh, another observation is, is that um, out of what Pastor was sharing is, is that it, we are in a place of breakthrough to get answers to move forward. So some of us have felt stuck there's answers coming if we will open up our heart and we'll say, I recognize God that we're in a season where you want to do new things in me, bring new thought patterns into my life, change habits, things like that, that God is going to do something new and something fresh. And specifically, um, Pastor uh, asked us, he, he said, what is in your house? What do you have? What oil? What oil do you carry. Now, oil, um, if you do a little bit of a word search um, on, on that word, especially um, back in the, in the day, um, oil was almost the uh, equivalent of currency. I mean, it's very valuable, and obviously it's a commodity, but back in the day, man, you, it, it was absolutely of a, a high value, okay? And so we get this picture of Oil applies to a lot of different things. It represents the anointing. It represents all kinds of different things. But it also represents what has God given you to use in this earth? What do you have? And if you're sitting in your seat today, now hear my voice. I don't mean this as a condemnation to you. If you find yourself currently unclear on what that is, I believe there's an encounter for you that God wants to come and bring clarity because none of his kids should be walking around with no understanding of what their value is and their unique dynamic. Why did God say you should be born? And if our belief system is, is that we each play a unique role, and when we do that, and you put that all together, we end up getting to where God wants us to go when we participate in that together. In other words, your life matters for the person sitting to the right and left of you. Then God wants to be very clear on what your oil is. 
And so today, if you're like, you know what? I don't know what that is. I want to encourage you to ask, ask God for clarity on that. He wants you to have an understanding of your value. And so I want to encourage you with that today. And I think all of us, to a degree, we need refreshed in that. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've just got my hand to the plow and I'm just going along doing, doing what, I, uh, what I feel like's in front of me, what God has me in. And there's times where I just, need, I just need him to calibrate my heart and remind me. Like today, I, I wasn't going to share this, but I was standing down there. And if you, if you don't know me super well, um, I have a very nuts and bolts personality to things, meaning like I'm just, um, I'll walk into a place and so on. Sundays, there's lots of details that need to happen to make sure things are in its right place and people have what they need so all of this can happen. And so a lot of times, it's not that I have a bad heart, but that's kind of where I come in with focus. And today in worship, so I have the opportunity to share with you guys today. Well, that's something that I don't normally do, so that's an extra piece. And so it can be another thing to do. And in worship, I just felt God, I literally, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was an angel. I don't know what it was, but it felt kind of big and it felt like I needed to move over. And I just felt his nearness come to me and I heard him just say, I'm proud of you, son. And I'm only sharing that with you because God wants us to understand our value. So there is the doing. He gives us things to do. But he also wants us to just know, I'm proud of you. Here's what I have for you. But understand if I've called you to do this, it's because I want your life to be used well to bring me glory. There's a relationship. There is an exchange. There's a partnership that happens. And we don't do all this stuff. We don't, we don't grow ourselves in God to simply go out in the, in the world and preach his good news without ever knowing him. It's possible. Otherwise, it wouldn't say in the New Testament, what good is it for man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? It's possible for us to have every definition of success and to get to the end of our life and God say, yeah, but you missed intimacy with me. So we don't want to do that. So God wants you to know your value today. He wants you to understand what he has for you, what oil he's called you to carry. And then, uh, and then one more observation from some of the weeks that uh, I was listening to pastor sermons, and again, this is only scratching the surface. I want to encourage you to go back and do that. I think you'll find it tremendously encouraging and, and fruitful for you. God wants to show us how to leverage the breakthroughs that he has already given us. And I, the word leverage is interesting because it, it means maximum advantage, that's a game changer when we are willing to let God start to talk about to us of how he wants to leverage the breakthroughs, the victories, the things that he's brought you through. I'm going to tell you what, there's some hard things that we go through in life. Raise your hand if you've been through some hard things. Let me see your hands. Okay. If you don't have your hand up, man, I want to be you. So that's cool. All right. Just teasing. So we are going to go through some hard things at times. And I guess I'm just in the position of if that's going to be what it is, 
then I absolutely want God to be able to use me going through that journey, my family going through that journey, to to maximize and leverage whatever he wants to give us out of that so it can be used for his glory and for the kingdom of God. I absolutely want him then to leverage me. However that looks. If you don't know, last year, um, my father-in-law, he got sick with a basically a rare form of blood cancer. And from the date of diagnosis to the day he passed away, it was 10 months. It was very out of the blue. And uh, it wasn't the outcome we wanted. And so when, you're, when you come through that, there's a decision to be made. And yeah, I absolutely understand why people get offended and come up with a theology of why God is not a healer. I understand the temptation to do that because I saw my father-in-law not be healed. But my problem was, not problem, the dilemma was I've also seen with my own eyes and through my own hands people being healed in a moment. And to say that God is not a healer would be lying to myself and to everybody else in the room. And so what are you left with? It's, God, I still don't understand what that was about. I know what we were going after, but I will not back off that you are a healer. And I want to tell you that when you re-up, even in the midst of loss of life, that authority will come on you and an anointing will come on you to bring breakthrough into that area. You need to hear me today. Because there's some of you in this room, you've been through some painful stuff. And the only thing that's on your radar right now is it was a loss. And I'm telling you that God, only God, but God has the capacity to take what feels like a loss and show you that he can bring tremendous good out of that situation. And for some of us, that season felt like the, the last thing you had was any sort of control. And it was hard. But I want to tell you, all along, you've had the most meaningful peace to control. And it was where your heart was going to line up with who God is in the midst of that pain. And nobody can take your yes to God. And, uh, and the enemy can't take it from you. You can only abdicate it. As long as you don't do that and you keep moving forward, you will come through. You will have something to, to use against the enemy for retribution. And I'm going to tell you something. The way that thing went down, it's not a consolation prize, but there better be something there. Because now I am left with, if I just focus on, and I'm not trying to make it about me, hear my heart, but if I just focus on the narrative of the enemy, it's my kids that are all eight and under don't have a granddad on each side of the family. You know, the enemy's pretty ruthless in the way he'll talk to us. And we need to be pretty militant about our response to, to if we're going to be willing to listen to what he has to say or not. And so we are, that's a freebie. But, but God wants us to leverage the breakthroughs that he's given us. And you would say, John, you just didn't describe a breakthrough. I understand. But I'm telling you in my heart, if the enemy can take my father-in-law... And you'd say, well, how do you know it was the enemy? Because sickness comes from the devil. And if you're saying, 
Are you saying that, that it wasn't God's will for your father-in-law to die? Yes. Not in that time, not in that way. And he and I are going to continue to have conversations, and I'm going to continue to ask the question, God, show me what it is that I need to know in, in all that. But I'm just telling you, he is a healer. And so if you're in that place and you're walking through something, we, we need to push on this for a minute because I can feel resistance. And it's if you're in a place right now where you have a physical infirmity that will not move or you have a family member that, that has been in that battle for a lot of years and it will not move, I want you to raise your hand right now. And I want you to make a decision to re-up. Keep your hand up. Make a decision right now, not mind over matter, but by the Spirit of God on the inside of you, the part of you that has absolute ability to communicate with God 100% with no restrictions, your spirit, man, I want you to find agreement that God is a healer and be willing to declare that over yourself or your family member or your friend again because what we're doing right now is we're pushing back and we're saying that if we're, we're not going to stand down, we're not going to go to a place where we start to doubt the Lord. So in the name of Jesus, Father, I release healing right now into bodies. God, I command every sickness, every disease, God, every mental anguish and torment to be loosed right now in the name of Jesus. I command bodies to be made whole, whether they're in this room or not. I command complete and total healing. And I'm asking God for those who are weary in heart that faith would arise, encouragement in the Lord only by Holy Spirit would rise up on the inside of us today. And there would be a yes when the enemy wants to say it's over. It's not over. As long as there's breath in your lungs, healing is absolutely possible and there's no other way to pray. So in the name of Jesus, let it be. And you would say, man, John, you got a lot coming out of you. I'm just telling you, I've lived it. I've lived both realities of it doesn't look like he's getting better, but as long as you're breathing air, a miracle is absolutely possible. Nothing's changed. Don't, don't. Let the one reality overtake the ultimate reality. And for God to hit pause and for us to highlight that, I'm asking Holy Spirit that you would just take that today like a healing salve and encourage hearts. All right. Let's take a look at somebody in the Bible that can give us a good picture, I think. It's very, you're going to be very familiar with this story. But, but I think there's a little bit different angle here. So we're talking about coming into a new season, leveraging what God has done in the past, the foundation that he's given us, but moving forward into the future with focus, with passion, with courage. That's what we're talking about today. We're agreeing with what God is breathing on. We won't get to sit on the sideline anymore. And I'm not saying that at you. The reality is, is God is currently speaking some things to me and my, and my wife that I'm just going to be honest with you. Five years ago would have uh, literally offended my way of thinking. Well, shoot, even less than that. What do you do 
What do you do when God takes you through a season? Okay, so back up. He takes you through a season. It's him. And then he breaks you into a new season and he says, that's not going to work anymore. Here's what I have that's new. And it doesn't violate his principles, but it absolutely violates your comfortability or your way of thinking. What do you do then? Anybody got any advice? Because I'm there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, the, I, I, I'm not saying this at you like I got it all figured out. I'm telling you, but wow, what an opportunity. If you can find your heart lining up when you catch his voice and you go, God, my, my mind, I think my mind's offended right now, but my spirit man's alive. And my spirit says to pursue you. My spirit man says to go with this. My spirit man says to buck all odds and go with you. What an opportunity to enter into a place of trust that we may have never been before with the Lord. That's what this season's about. This season, you know, um, in the Christian world, we do not like this word, risk. Somebody just dry heaved. It's very awkward. Silently. They didn't make the, you know, the risk. But we, we got to understand what God is saying. In God's economy, risk is not lacking wisdom. If God asks you to risk, it's almost silly to think that that means, that that means you're going to do something that is not intelligent. Uh, you could say it like this. Is God an idiot? Answer? Okay. So he's not, he's not going to ask us. But how many times when God's saying, hey, here's something new for you. We can have a lot of objections come up. And today God has put me on assignment to kick those down and encourage you to too. Within that, the enemy will come and say, that's too hard. There's too many barriers. You don't, have the, you don't know how to do that. You have never been in that place before. You don't have the experience. Why would anybody follow you? You really think you can do that? And we take all that and we go, it's risky. We translate all that to it's risky. But risky, if we're being honest, when we feel like the risk is too much, there is no pathway to forward progress. You will be still. You won't move forward. And so we need to understand that God, in his, in his mindset, I would replace the word risk with trust. So we think it's risk, and God's like, no, no, no. Now there's a greater opportunity for you to trust me. And by the way, we'll get into this in just a second. That does not mean that we just operate blindly. Since when was it a binary choice that trusting God on a journey that we don't completely understand was code for, you just have to abdicate any role you have in the process and go with whatever God does that day. You get up and he's like, here, go over here, and you're like... Mm, okay, 
hey, so-and-so, I love Jesus, you're going to get, and then go over here. Like, I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it doesn't mean that we don't have participation in the process. And I, I just feel like there's a lot of times the enemy, he's really good at like, pitching a binary choice to us. Like we get in certain situations and it's like, well, it's either this or this. And I would propose that God is the God of and solutions. He's always got another option. And usually it's the right one, right? So let's look at Judges 6 really quick. This, this is a very uh, familiar story. It's about Gideon. I'm going to move through it quickly. Gideon is currently, he's wanting to have a conversation with the Lord. Chapter 5 is about uh, the judge Deborah. At the end of that chapter, um, it says there, but the land had rest for 40 years. So they were coming out of, of a season under Deborah's leadership of rest and continuity with the Lord. Picking up in chapter 6, however, it leads with the children did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so now they're in a predicament. And in comes the Midianites, and the Midianites um, to, uh, to the Israelites, basically they did two things. They watched their per- production in the area of harvest, and every time the children of Israel were ready to reap, they'd come in and destroy and take. And it has a, a phrase in there, in uh, chapter 6, verse 6, it says they were greatly impoverished. It was a state of being for them. Well, at this point, Gideon's tired of this, and he's looking for a solution, okay? Now, catch this here, because this is going to tie into kind of the season that God has uh, had us in and what he's saying now, that there's new things, build on the old, move into the new. Picking up in verse 8, check this out. So, Gideon... um, tells the story of the predicament they're in. And in verse 8, here's what happens. So it says, The Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. So the prophet, uh, God sends a prophet to remind them of the former things that God did to provide. Imagine, and that day when God sent a prophet, that was a big deal. And so he's, the prophet is recounting by word of the Lord all the mighty things that God has done in the past. And it says that he's telling the children he, that the prophet was sent to the children of Israel. So he's talking to him. You have to assume that Gideon was in the audience, is my point. So listen to this. Verse 11, okay. <laughs> Verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under a terebinth tree, which was in Oprah. Not Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> which belonged to Joash, the, I don't know what that is, while his son Gideon, just kidding, but I just did that because some people do that, and I always like it when they do that. 
which, uh, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midians. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. We're very familiar with that. We're like, woohoo! And I agree, that is amazing. I would like to have that experience. I kind of did down there when God was like, I love you. I'm proud of you. Um, but anyway, so that's a powerful experience. The Lord's talking to Gideon. And here's what Gideon does. Gideon begins to go into a dialogue with this angel. And his dialogue that he's talking to the angel from is he's operating from a former miracle provision. And let's see what the angel has to say about that. Now, this all happened. Gideon had a right to say that. And I don't think his heart was bad, by the way. Let's see what he says. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And basically he's recapping what the prophet had just told him, that God did all these wonderful things. That's a little confusing, so what do you do with that? And here's where it gets interesting. Listen to what the angel's response to the this, this situation is. He gives him his solution right here. Gideon's like, we need you to do more miracles like you did before. We need you to do the same process like you did before. And the angel says to him, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midians. Have I not sent you? There is your answer, Gideon. Now I want to speak to us today. Each one of us, we are Gideons. Literally, Troy Roush is a Gideon. He does that on the side. <laughs> side note, I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, um, and so there's this dialogue that happens with Gideon. And the angel of the Lord, to me, he feels like he is very patient because it goes on to talk about Gideon basically doesn't hear that. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, I need to go get an animal and make a sacrifice to you. And, and basically the angel's like, okay, I'll be here when you get back. I mean, that's, you know, that's the message translation, but that's basically what it is. And so he waits for Gideon to come back and Gideon does his, does his thing and he puts it on the rock and the angel's like, poof, okay, good. Can we get back to the conversation we're having now? And there's this thing in Gideon that wants to default to the thing of the past. The thing of the past was not bad. Our moves of the past pave the way to where we are today. We can never, listen, you didn't even have to be here. If you've been here for a while, you will hear people reference powerful moves of God that happened in this place. I'm saying that how we build is we honor that. I wasn't even here for that, but I've heard the stories. And in my heart, I cherish that. And so from that place, I build. And each one of us have an opportunity to do that. But he's not going to do the things that are coming are not going to look like the things of old. But the things of old pave the way for us to even be considering what we're talking about today. They were absolutely critical. We never could be here without there. But they cannot be the things that come. And, and, and I would use the word customs. If we're not careful, our customs can cause us to become complacent. 
Familiarity is one of the worst things that can happen. When I mistreat my wife, largely it's because I'm familiar. Because I guarantee I didn't think that way when I wanted to, to impress her enough to marry me. I never would have behaved that way. What's changed? Familiarity. Patterns. That sounds pretty negative, but what about then when we say we want to see God do something? If we're not careful, I've been a part of different moves. Uh, revival absolutely changed the trajectory of my life. And, and I don't have time to go into the story today, but I'm telling you, so what am I left with? You cannot remove that piece. I, I can't stand here without that. And so what will happen is, is like my heart has developed to a place where I'm learning to go, yeah, God, because it's hard. I, back, so many amazing things happened back then. But God's like, I've, there's, there's a different way. There's, there, there's more that I have for you, for us. And so we build. And that's why I said that when we talk about a new season, we, don't, we need to be very careful that what we're not saying is, is what we used to do didn't have value. It had immense value. And that's not just in the context of church. That's in our own heart and our own life. And it's, it's really critical to understand that because that's how we get to a place where our heart is more open to fresh things that God wants us to do. I'm telling you that there, I, for some of you in the next six months, you're going to look back and go, I, I couldn't have even considered where God has brought me to because it, like it just, it, it almost would have been like, there was just no, so what are we talking about? Paradigm shifts. We're in a season where we are moving into paradigm shift mentality. And you want to know what a paradigm shift is? It's a fundamental change in our approach or underlying assumptions. Again, the old was not bad. Our old thought patterns are not always bad. But God is wanting to give us a higher form of thinking, a higher form of thought process, a different opportunity to, to walk in wisdom. So Gideon is the solution. You and I are the solution. We don't get there without each one of us doing our part. The danger is, is for us to be operating in a place where we know God wants to do amazing things in the earth. And we can, and we can look at the times that we live in. We go, God, there has to be a solution. There has to be an answer. And we can even pray into that. And we have to. We have to. But I believe God's saying, you are the solution. And what I have been tempted to do at times is go, no, you mean, you mean them. We need, we need to be careful that we don't, through our own insecurities, through our own doubts, through our own customs, habits, patterns, comfortability, wish I didn't have any history with that, but I do. I'm telling you, this is a season of stretching, but I am so encouraged by what is coming because I feel like there's people, and I would put myself in this category, 
you may not even be lacking vision, but you feel like that there's this gap. Like you got things that God said and you're like, wow, how's that going to happen? I think that God is saying, I want to bring you into a season of accelerated growth towards those things that I've spoken to you, that I have said over you. Now is the time to move forward. Does it feel like I'm picking on you today? Okay, good. I wouldn't be true, be true to uh, being myself unless I went straight up and I use this word intentionally. I want to talk about just a few practicalities very quickly about how do we get started in this. It doesn't really do any good to get up here and be like, woo, woo, woo. And, I, and trust me, I'm not saying that is not how I prepared. I very much tried to do my best to prepare with sensitivity to Holy Spirit. I absolutely wanted to do a good job of presenting what I felt like he wanted to give to us t- today. But I have a couple things that I want to share with you where maybe this will break what maybe feels like gridlock in your life. Would that be okay? Number one, wisdom. Another buzzword. Let's talk about it for one second. If you look at Solomon's life, you don't have to turn there, but 2 Chronicles 1, 11 and 12. It says, uh, let me back up, verse 10 God comes to Solomon and and basically says, you can ask me for whatever whatever you want. Solomon says, now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any of you have the like. This is key to what we're talking about because wisdom is not an intellectual process only. When we talk about wisdom... I would describe it as a moral quality. Let me try it another way. A moral compass. That wherever we are, whatever comes in front of us, a heart that desires wisdom. Where's the beginning of wisdom? Fear of the Lord. It sets our heart in a place of tenderness before God. So we're not looking for wisdom to just solve problems. Wisdom has an intrinsic value to connect to God's heart and what does he want in the situation. The moral piece comes in then that we interact with that in a way where we're saying, I only want to do what's in your heart in this situation. This is important. If we can get there... So you'd say the attributes of wisdom, what are they? Righteousness, purity. But if we can get there, God is wanting us to get to a place then where we have confidence that we can step into problems and become a solution, accessing the wisdom that he wants to give for that situation. Notice the word that I said there, confidence. 
I want to encourage you today, if you are like, I don't know how to start in this, begin asking the Lord for wisdom, a moral compass that's planted so deep on the inside of you by the Spirit of God that when you get put into a situation, you will not cave to pressure to do the wrong thing, that you, wouldn't, that you wouldn't be in a place of compromise because wisdom is rooted in the fear of the Lord to honor Him. But there's an opportunity for us to gain a confidence that God will absolutely give us wisdom. What am I basing that in? Very quickly, James 1.5, and I'm almost done. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given. Wisdom. A couple others very quickly. And this is something that I, I don't understand this in its entirety. My wife and I are still on a journey of walking this out and probably will be for all of our days. But if you are going to be a person that carries your heart in a way where you are open to forward movement, to the new thing that God has, to, to new seasons, to paradigm shift thinking, to being open to be used, to use wisdom to problem solve. I know that sounds very basic, but problem solving is very needed today. We, we have a lot of problems. And, I, and I'm not somebody that walks around going, there's a problem, there's a problem, there's a problem. I'm not talking about negativity. I'm saying there, there is very real problems that need solutions. And God has the answer. And you are it, Gideon. So, if you're going to do this thing, then you need to get prepared to be willing to travel down the road less traveled. You need to be willing to live generously. Go down the road less traveled, live generously, and let a wide swath behind you open the door for others. We can't get there without you. God has an amazing place that he wants to bring each one of us into. I feel like what we're battling right now is the spirit of this age. I believe one of, I don't understand all of that, admittedly, but we've got to be so careful that we're not living from a place of self-centeredness. And I'm not saying that at anybody. I'm saying that to myself because that thought process, that focus of selfishness will not allow us to have the capacity to move into this thing because at the end of the day, much of this is a willingness to absolutely lay down our life for what God has for us, that our life would be poured out as as the scriptures describe as a drink offering And that takes us coming to a place of vulnerability, of serving others, of 
trusting God. But when I, this is what I'm going to ask God to do. When we start to get a vision for that, like he sees for each one of us, there's so much life in that. There's so much hope in that. You can see, it becomes possible to see how God has a plan to redeem the earth when you go, you know what? If there's people that will commit their hearts and their families' hearts to go all in for the glory of God, then this thing is not too far gone. We're not in a place where we just are sitting here waiting to be taken out of here. So I want you to just position your heart very... Just get get into a place of clarity with the Lord. And I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for us. Father, I thank you I thank you, God, that there is new things in store for your kids. I thank you, God, that there is new dreams. I thank you, God, that old dreams are coming alive. Callings are being restored. Things that you have called us to do, God, there needs to be an expression in the earth. And God, I'm asking, Lord, that we would have the courage to rise up. And Lord, just as Gideon lived in a day where there was, a, there was an issue, there was a challenge. God, there was, a, there was something in front of the people of Israel that seemed impossible to move. And the angel of the Lord said, Gideon, you are the answer. God, I'm asking today, God, for each one of us to understand, Lord, through your grace, through your goodness, through the anointing of Holy Spirit, that we are the answer. And God, that that capacity, Lord, in our heart to walk in lockstep with you, God, where all things, all things become possible. Lord, that is the target. And I'm asking, Lord, today, no matter where we're at in that process, that faith would arise in our heart, that we would have the courage to begin to move forward, that we would be willing to set aside anything that is, that is distracting or holding us back from moving into that new thing, new thought patterns, new opportunities, deeper connection with you, Lord, whatever it is. And God, I'm asking, Lord, that that today, um, Lord, as we go from this place, God, I simply ask, Lord, that the waters would be stirred. I'm asking, God, that it, can't, it wouldn't be business as normal for any of us, God, that you, would be, that you would keep talking to us, that you would bring encouragement, that you would bring a recalibration, Lord, in any area that we need it, God, that, Lord, we would end up in this place where our yes is resolved. And our courage is set and our confidence is strong in who you are. Father, I thank you for this new season. I'm asking, Lord, I thank you for the amazing stories that are going to begin to come forth. I thank you for the movement that is going to begin to shift and happen in a greater way in the earth. Lord, we're asking that you would um, just cover the earth with your glory. We're asking today that a breakthrough would come to our nation, to the nations of the world. 
We're asking that Jesus, you, Lord, would come in a fresh way and help us to be ready to go and follow you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.